Okay, good morning. We are in the throes of discussing still a Balkari. Um, we are on Chaf Bez Amud Bet. The um, let's see, we are towards the bottom. Um, let's see. Actually, we're right in the middle. Actually, the middle of the narrow of the narrow uh, narrow column. We're going to get to the Mishnah, and we'll discuss a couple things. So, Tanurabanan. Literally in the middle of the uh, of the column. So Gemara starts to turn about and Bal Keri Shenosnu Alav Tisha Kavin Maim. So we discussed yesterday and the week before and the week before about a Bal Keri, and now we're talking about a Bal Keri. This is all part of Takanas Ezra that a Bal Keri, someone who has a um, an emission of Zera in a in a normal fashion, um, he can. It's not supposed to really. Ezra said you're not really supposed to learn Torah or Davin before going to mikvah, but then they made a special dispensation that all you really need, on, instead of the 200 gallons and going in a normal mikvah, is to be poured upon yourself uh, nine cob in about either somewhere between three to six gallons. 22B. 22B. So now, so, so we said, when we say that a someone who's a Balkari and has nine cabin of water poured upon him, over him, under what scenario? That's only when you want to teach Torah, when you want to teach Torah to yourself. If you want to learn Torah, then all you need is the, is the nine cob in, in, uh, of water, and that is matar you from being a, uh, a balkari. But if you want to teach to other people, then you actually need a tefillah of Aramsa, you need a full fledged mikvah. If you remember, the whole reason why Ezra made this takana was the juxtaposition of the Pasuk of Adatim Levanecha, of the Vnei Vanecha, you will teach your children right next to Mam and Arsinai. He said, Mam and Arsinai, all the Jews were standing, Bezeah, Beresas, they were actually, they were sweating, they were anxious, they were, they were nervous, um, and the juxtaposition of those words, Psukim, teaches just as when we learn, you have to be in the same kind of uh, Torah status and the same kind of mental status. And therefore, Balkari has to go ahead and wash himself. If it says, when you teach others, then obviously that is different if you teach yourself. So you should be on the highest level when you teach others. And therefore, based on that, when you teach others, you actually have to go into a mikvah. But if you, the whole thing, if you learn the whole thing from that pasuk about teaching others, and you said nine saws enough, please. So, so teaching others, no, so we're supposed I mean, to mean. So, so either, either it's. 40 for everything. Of, oh, so, so everything. let's backtrack a second. There they said that for three days, the men were not allowed to have Tashmish with their wives three days before Mamad Asina, so they should enter into a state of Tara. We said for a man, it wasn't, bless you, for a man it only needed to be one day. For a woman three days, why? Because she could be a shikhvas poleta zera. After she has bia, theoretically, um, zera can come out of her uterus for up to three days. After that, it's considered um, putrid and it doesn't have effect to be fertile anymore, so it's not considered zera. So that's why it was for three days they were told. So the woman will be in a state of tara and the men will be in a state of tara. The, the pasuk that, that Shuvah uh, Lechem uh, which allowed them to go back, but before Mamar Asina, they were told to refrain from the wives, is right next to the pasuk, not only will you be learning, you'll be teaching others. So that has to be on the highest level. So maybe Takanas Ezra, the special kula of Tes Kabin, only applied to when you're learning yourself. When, you, when you're learning yourself. I understand, but what, what, <coughs> what gave him the right to decide that? If he's learning it from uh, 
He's learning from the pasuk by teaching other people. He's learning the whole concept right. of 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 Torah from learning teaching other people. So the, why is there a difference between teaching somebody else? Because the pasuk about datum levanecha levnei vanecha it says you will teach yourselves and others. Levanecha. You will teach your children and your children's children. So that, that, that's that, the highest level. But not so, that, so, so that's the point of, of when you have to be tahar. Oh, that's you have to be tahar. But so if, the nine should be enough. No, it's not. So, so then, nine, then you don't need nine for yourself either. In other words, you're learning the whole, the whole concept of, of this idea of... of right, but the Pasuk differentiates when you're learning yourself and you're teaching others. You will inform your children and your children's children, not yourself. Right. So for them, you need the highest level. But if you're just learning yourself, maybe how just you, test how, Kavin. How do you know you don't need anything for yourself at all? Well, the whole thing is the Chiddush. Ezra was misakinous. How do you know you need anything for yourself at all? That's, that's Ezra's Takana. So then his Takana should be... Okay, but people now are interpreting. We're reinterpreting okay. his Takana the whole way through. And based on this Pasuk, the Pasuk differentiates when you're teaching others. So that, that's what the... It's not in the Gemara, but that's what the Mepharshim say. Why would there be a difference? Because the actual source is, is learned from where you're teaching others. So now... Uh, maybe when you're teaching others, you need 40 saw. You need the full-fledged. Rabbi Huda says, no. You need arbam saw. You do need arbam saw, but it can work in any way. Meaning, it doesn't really matter the, the, the details as long as you have a 40 saw. We'll see in a minute what that means. It could mean, theoretically, that you need a mikvah, but not the regular mikvah. Maybe it could be heated up mikvah. You, you can have a kula. You could have some of the leniencies, but as long as you have 40 saw, the 200 gallons, that's what you need. Okay, what? Dump it on your head. Okay, maybe, let's see. <laughs> now, Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Yeshua, that, that, that's quite the uh, waterfall. Yeah. Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yelazar, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Chanina, Chan Mehai Zuga, Vachan Mehai Zuga, Aresha. So, from amongst these group, you have Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yelazar, sorry, and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Chanina, you have four of them. Two of them chose to argue, we don't know which ones. One from the first group and one from the second group argue on the first part of this last Baraisa, and one from each group argue on the second part. Amar Amar. They say as follows. Amar, Hada Amri, that's what you said, that nine kabin work for Balkari to allow him to learn Torah. That's La'atzmo Avala Cheirim, that he needs 40 saw. We only learn that, Loshanu El Margil, only by Echola. Who allows himself purposely to have Tashmisha to become a Balkari, but someone who is sick and it happened against his will, um, then Tishakabin, then that would suffice, then you need Tishakabin. And that the Khan Omar and it says no. Kola anyone who wants to teach anyone other than himself, meaning wants to teach in public, No, there's no differentiation. If you want to teach other people, you always need a minimum of Arbamsa. The other Mandarma says, no, it depends if it's a, um, when you're teaching to yourself and just learning, sorry, when teaching others, it depends if you are a sick person or a healthy person. Okay, similar to what we said yesterday. And from those four people that we just mentioned, it doesn't tell us which ones, but one of from each group argues on the end of that. And what was the end of that statement? That was the statement that if you are teaching others, you need 40 saw, but we don't need all the qualifications. That means when Yehuda said that all you need is forty saw without any of the uh, of the uh, qualifications. Lo shanu ella So there's two ways to have forty saw. You can have what we have now: the in ground pools and the above ground pools. If you go to the south, right? Usually you have people have for socioeconomic reasons they have pools that are much cheaper. They just have like the the pools above ground. And you have, right, as opposed to a built-in pool. So that's what it's doing. It's part of the cell. It's you know? part of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have to take into account that one southerner here. That's right. 
<laughs> Alabama, not Tennessee. Is that better? Okay. Depends which part of Memphis even. You know. But you have an above ground pool and a below ground pool. So, exactly. I didn't realize I was just in Memphis. I stayed by the airport. Ellie Frieden told me to get out there. I almost took That's my life with my own hands. Above ground pools there, but yeah, but you don't stay above ground there for long because <laughs> it is not a good area. You can go six feet. Well, you know, it's in Whitehaven. You know, the only thing white in Whitehaven. What? The name. The name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so now, so Ella Bakarka. So the Aval Bakalim Low. Another one. He says you need forty. It has to be forty saw in an in a underground mikvah, meaning in an in-ground mikvah. Cannot be in a vessel above ground. And one says no. Even if it's in the above ground pool, the forty is is okay. Who does not machmer? As long as you have enough water, it doesn't have to have all the qualifications of a normal mikvah. Okay. Gemara says. Now I understand the statement. I understand. Rehuda says all you need is a forty. So I don't care what the qualifications are. So that makes sense if it's above ground, because then it's different than a. Uh, than a mikvah. But if you're telling me it has to be below ground, then what was Rabbi Huda's statement? Oh, as long as you have a mikvah, it doesn't matter. If it's below ground, that's a normal mikvah. He doesn't have to say mikomakam. As long as you have it, it doesn't matter. What do you mean it does matter? If it's below ground, it's a full mikvah. So he's saying you need a full mikvah. So if you say that it could be above ground, I understand the statement that all you need is 40 saw. I don't care uh, any of the details. But according to the Mandamar, the Mandamar, the Karka, in, Mikhailim Lo, Mikomakam, Shimai. When he says you all you need is a, is a mikvah forty sun, I don't care the qualifications. If he needs it below ground, then he's saying you need a full mikvah. So what does that word mikomakom mean? No, he says No, you can have even drawn water. Normally, a mikvah has to have rain or spill off water. If you know any mikvah has rainwater and there's like a little uh, aqueduct that fills up the mikvah. If you pour it from if you gather the rain and then you pour it into the mikvah, that is possible. That's called drawn water, and then possible's a mikvah. It's called maim she'uvin, drawn water. So that's what he's saying here. No, if it's below ground, it can still be drawn water, meaning all I need is 40 saw. I don't care about the details. That, that would work. Okay. Now, this little uh, Rabbi Hu, Rabbi Papa, just get to the Mishnah, Rabbi Papa, Rabbi Huna, Barit, Rabbi Shuv, Rabbi Shmuel, Barit, Rifta, Dadi. They were eating a meal together. They were breaking bread. Here's where the... Uh, Here's where the uh, term breaking bread comes from, the eating bread together. Omar Lehu Rav Papa. So Rav Papa said to Rav Huna and to Rav Shmuel, he said, let me bench. Let me either, some people say make hamotzi, some people say make the zimon. It's not exactly clear, but let me make the bracha for everyone. Because I was a Balkari, and they poured a nine kabin of water on top of me, and now I'm tar. So he says, We just learned that it only that that test cabin is only good if you're learning for yourself. But if your bracha is going to include us now, then it's the make saying the equivalent of benching is to learning. Then you should need forty saws. So you're out of the equation. We just said you only need test cabin of the, the six gallons of water if you're going to learn with your for yourself. But once you include and teach other people, you need 40 saws. So he's equating the fact, teaching to others, also making brachas for others. So the fact that you only had test kabin is not good. Should have asked if you were sick. Oh, that's true. But let me make the brach instead of you. Because even though it says, I fell on me, 40 saw means I took a dunk. I took a dunk in the mikvah this morning. I too was a balkari. They were very uh, open about their relationships with, it, with their you know, schedules with their wives. But in any event, Sometimes less, less said is better, right? Anyway, so, so upon me fell 40 saw, meaning I took a dunk this morning, so I should be kosher. Let me bench instead of you. So, let me go ahead and bench. 
since my, my calendar was open last night. <laughs> so it's two possibilities. Either I'm not a Balkari, or I hold like Rabbi Huda says, you don't need to, to bench, you don't need to, do, to mikvah to, uh, to uh, learn Torah, to daven. So either way, he was saying that since I'm in a better status than you guys, because either I don't need tefillah, because I hold like Rabbi Yehuda Maseir, or I wasn't a Balkari, so let me go ahead and bench. What if, what if he holds like Rabbi Yehuda and he doesn't need... You know, mikvah. That's what I'm No, but they hold the other way. Then it would prob- still be. That would still be a problem, probably. Yeah, right. For them to him. Good, good point. Yeah. That's that's true. Rav Chama went ahead and did tefillah every erev Pesach. In order to fulfill others' obligations in erev Pesach. Now it's not exactly clear what this means. What erev Pesach? What kind of brachas are you making? Was it at the seder? It's very, very unclear what it was. Now, we have a halacha, by the way, in Rosh Hashanah says that we're supposed to go to be mitar ourselves every Erev Yantif. We don't hold like that today anymore because the whole reason why they did, we do still tefillah Erev Yom Kippur, many people have the minhag, the rush brings it down. The reason why we don't uh, mock it so much to go before every Yantif anymore because the whole reason they did it Korban. is karbanos. If you're old Lili Yushalayim, you want to be able to go to the base of Mikdash. So the truth is that Gemara really only applies to anyone living in Eretz Yisrael who's going to make it to Yantif Make you shlime over yantif. If you're living in Balva and you're not going to make it over yantif, that Gemara didn't apply. But for some reason, Rav used to go erev erev Pesach in order to fulfill others. Vales the halacha is not like him. We're not exactly sure. The Mefarshim say what what halacha is not like him. Is it that he's able to promote the others erev Pesach? We're not sure what brachas referring to, or that he doesn't have to go because we don't paskin like Ezra. Whatever it is. Okay, now. He was, he was the they, they, they are they are very very uh, forward. We're going to start making a, a, a group here, the Balkari group, so everyone can know, so we know who can bench for us, who cannot bench for us. We won't tell the spouses. Okay, Vita. The Mishnah says as follows. Okay. Um, okay, Mishnah. Okay. So now, someone was in the middle of Shimon Esri, and he recalled. That he that he's a Balkari, that he had Tashmish the night before, and that he did not go ahead again. This is all presupposing that we have to do tefillah again. We don't. This halacha, this takan of Ezra, never took hold. So we do not. By the way, you are still supposed to wash off your aver to make sure that the that it's clean before you daven. But you don't have to actually do tefillah. You should shower before you daven, but you don't have to go to um, you don't have to go to mikvah. So now, so v'nizker shu Balkari is a milish monasri. He's up to Hashiva Shoftein, who's in the middle of the brachos and the bakashos, and he remembers. Lo yafsik, he should not stop Shmon Esrei, Elo Yikatzer, he should go ahead and shorten the brachos. Now, what does this mean? We're going to see later on, I think in Dav Chavtes, I think it is, if I remember correctly, that there's something called Shmon Esrei Havineinu. If you are on the side of a street and Mincha's coming and it's a bad area, you don't have to get out your car to say an eight-minute Shmon Esrei. You can say a very, very brief Shmon Esrei. So when it says here, what? Oh, in Gaza. Yeah. Yeah, very good. So now the question is, what does, what does it mean here, Yikatsa, that he should shorten his monastery? Does it mean that you should actually shorten each bracha? You just say the beginning part and then the bracha and you skip all the middle parts? Or does it mean Havineinu? That's a machlokas. It seems to be here in general, and it says later on, you say short monastery. Here it actually means you shorten each bracha. Why? Because Havineinu includes all 13 bakashos, all of the 13 middle brachos is included in Havineinu. But if you start... Is, 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 is,
particular tefillah that that's best? That it's one paragraph that incorporates all thirteen bakashas. Meaning, you have the beginning brachos, you have the end brachos, but the thirteen are condensed into one. And we'll get to that in a few daf. So the question is here, Yikatsir, he goes in and shorns each bracha individually. It's not doesn't make it into one bracha. He keeps all thirteen brachas individually. Why? Because Mefarshim say, if you're already in the middle of Shimon Esrei, you're not able to start Havineinu in the middle. So you already made half the bracha, so half the paragraph is already covered. So it doesn't make sense to start. You're going to start. It's going to take you more time to realize where to start, and, and, and you're going to waste time that way. So here it just means you actually, and you just make a, you just really say the opening few words. It's not exactly clear how many words, and then the end bracha, Mavara um, Hashanim. That's it, okay? Now, listen to this, and this is where we're going we're gonna to discuss this a little bit now. Yorad Litbal. So now someone goes into the mikvah and Zman Kriya Shema's coming. If you remember, we had a very interesting shita way back when that the time to say Bishach Bacha, Uvkumacha, we have to say Shema twice a day when we go to sleep and when we wake up. There was a very, 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 very difficult position, and that was Kriya Shema ends by Neitzachama. You have to say Kriya Shema. It doesn't start. It starts Mishayaker when the time you could separate between either two shades of blue or between differentiate between Sitzis and Tchelis, and it ends at Neitzachama. It's like a 20-minute window, maybe, a 15-minute window. We don't hold like that, obviously. We hold until three hours into the day. But there was an opinion that you can only say it until Neitzachama. So listen to what it said now. The Gemara says, Yorad Litwal, someone who was very mocked on Tvilas Ezra, and went into the mikvah in the morning. Im la laskasos, and now Zaman Kriya Shema is coming, because it's very close to Neitz. Listen what it says. Let's just make times here. Let's say Nate's is 6 a.m. Let's just make it, keep it simple. And you go to the mikvah at 5.45. You take your shower, hopefully, before you walk into the mikvah. And um, it's now 5.57, 5.58. And Nate's is in two minutes. And Zman Kriyashma, again, according to that isolated opinion, is going to be over in 120 seconds. It says, if you have time to get up, dry yourself, Put on clothes and read Kriya Shema, do so. Ve'im lav. But if you will not have enough time to do that, then it's better, yiskasimayim, stay in the water. Right. We say that it should be not clear water. Hopefully, if it's murky water, it's kind of gross. Well, our, our, our mikvah is very murky. I'm murky. Oh, good, so it's kosher. Okay, thank you, Elliot. So you're kosher. So you don't see your makmerva. Yiskasimayim, you should try to go up until your neck. Yiskasimayim, v'yikra. But however, and you should say Krishna in the mikvah. Velo yiskase, but you should not cover yourself, not in foul smelling water. We're probably mocking on that also earlier. Not in, in dirty water or not water that was soaked in with flax, which has a, a stench. Okay? Now. So in the question asked, what if you're in water and it's murky or it's. You know, murky is good. If it's not murky, I mean, no, yeah, not dirty, not, right. right. Um, Right, so as and long as you don't you see do. yourself. So you really, that, that's a different question. We're going to get to that in a second. Right. That's about that's the shock We're not supposed to do anything that is disgusting. So right. we're going to discuss now the obvious, once one says don't daven by dirty water, now we're talking about you shouldn't daven your feces. We'll get to your point in a second. And then the Mishnah ends off by saying, um, Now, if someone has, um, Now, you should never go ahead and daven next to urine if there's a, let's say you have a cat litter or something or whatever it is. Um, that would probably put you out. You can't dive in anywhere in Manhattan these days. If everyone's has one big toilet, <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, that's true. What? Yeah, it's 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 awful. Anyway, so if you're gonna if you find yourself davening next to uh, to urine, you should actually tell You have to dilute it. We'll get. We're not sure exactly how much yet. 
How far you should go ahead and distance yourself from the urine. You should distance yourself at least four amos. We're going to get to this in a second, but you should distance yourself at least four amos. I want to just discuss, before we get to the Gemara, an incredible thing. We're going to discuss more about feces. So for all those who have GIs here, who dealt with that for 15 years, me also. This was my, this was my profession for, four, for 24 years. Um, Listen to this. We're not, we're not done yet, but... Okay, so here, here listen to this. Yitzhak Zilberstein is a big post-sec in Eretz now. I had this chos of going there with my son last year for circus to meet him. He asked the following question. So the Chashuk Echemen asks real questions based on the... And he gives the answers in the Gemara. So this morning I woke up at... I fell asleep last night at 9. I woke up at 3. And I found these two questions. So... The first question is, is it better to daven vasikin? For those who daven regularly vasikin. I mean, if you're just doing it once, probably not. But if those who are makwi daven vasikin, is it better to daven vasikin without filling, Or to say, kriya, meaning, meaning kriya shema without filling, Or better to daven after mis vasikin with, with tefillin? Remember we said that if you say kriya shema without tefillin, it's giving like false testimony, edu shakar. So ideally, it's always <coughs> best to say kriya shema with tefillin. So he asked the following question. If someone, someone asked him, it came to him and said, I don't have, if I don't have to fill in before Nates, but I normally daven vasikin, is it better that I daven vasikin, or should I wait till later and my, to get fill in afterwards? So he says, listen to what he says. He says, based on our Gemara, he says, someone is in the water, and if you're not going to have time to get up, dry yourself, and get out, then stay in the water. Presumably, you're not wearing fill in in the mikvah. That'd be a neat trick. So since you're not wearing fill in in the water, Right? And it still says better to stay inside. That must, it must it's making a rule. It's a ruling. It's ruling that. Yeah, but that's, you're no. running into the Zman. That's but we're still running into the Zman. I'm talking about Vasikin. Yeah. So no, da- Vasikin ends at oh, Nates. Right, right. Oh, Vasikin ends at Nates, right? You daven before, so you Shmon Esrei is with Nates. You can do without filling. So, so according to him, based on our Mishnah, the Farish, right? If you're not going to have time to get up, doesn't say you're going to miss Zman Kriya Shaman totally. You can miss Nates Vasikin. So if you're going to miss Vasikin, if you're going to miss Vasikin, right? So it's better to go ahead and to say in the mikvah. And that's, a matter of fact, that's how the Be'er Alacha, which is the Mishnah Burra, by the way. Mishnah Burra wrote the Be'er Alacha. He says, listen to what he says. Mitzvah men amufchar. Don dasiyam likros kvasikin. Those who are, this is in Siman Nunches. Those who are very careful to go ahead and daven Vasikin every day. Mutar likros lispala bechidi mainlam. I remember my brother Donnie, when we first started Rachos, asked this question. You, you are allowed, he says, and this is before we get to our part, in the same Allah, he says, better to daven bechidus with nates than to daven with a minion after nates. If you normally daven, vasikin, and you go to a place where they don't vasikin, daven vasikin without, without a minion. He says, mutter likros l'spal bechidim ein lahem, minion. Now, he says, even more than this, ugedolam, he says, says the Mishnah Baruch, he says, based on our bro- Mishnah, brachos davcha beiz, yor litbol, and talking about Vasikin. So he passes like this. It's better to daven without filling Vasikin than wait till the tzibur comes and have to fill in. That's based on our Gemara. That's what the Chashuk Echemet says. Although he says it's possible. He raises a, a, poss- a, a, a possibility that might suggest otherwise. And that is as follows. He says that the difference is when you daven without filling, that is considered giving Eidos Sheker. That's considered what? Eidos Sheker. When you say Kriya Shema without filling, because it says, uh, yeah. you're not going to fill in. 
No one would say you're giving false testimony when you're in the mikvah. You can't possibly put tefillin on. But afterwards, while you're in the mikvah, but afterwards, if, you're, if you have the situation that, let's just say, you have a chance to daven vasikin with, without tefillin or afterwards, that is, I'm not talking about in the mikvah now, that would be considered a desheker possibly. So the case of the mikvah might be unique, he says, even though he wants to bring a source, a proof that you would be able to daven vasikin early without tefillin, he says, the case of the mikvah might not be a great source because there it's not possible to put tefillin on. Whereas in a case where you're outside of the mikvah and just debating whether I should wait another half hour till my wife can bring me the tefillin, it may not be. But the Shulchanar, the uh, Mishnah Brua, does paskin like that. <clears throat> okay, we're going to get to another fascinating question. That you can daven without the tefillin before, meaning vasikin without tefillin, rather than wait to daven the seaboard with tefillin. You don't but you don't, you don't wear a tefillin at night. No, no, chakras. But it's before... The no, it's after Mishayaka, though. It's after... Oh, it's, 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 it's a little bit light already. You can put tefillin on. Okay, let's start the Gemara. We have another fascinating question to discuss. Much more practical for, uh, for consumers today. Okay, so the Gemara starts off. It says... So we're quoting the beginning of the Mishnah. Someone is davening, and they remember that they are a Balkari. We said... He should go ahead and, and shorten his uh, brachas in Shemon He should not, does not stop in Shemon He finishes it. He just shortens it. As opposed to when someone is, uh, is reading from the Torah. We'll see what that means in a second. Let's say on a Monday or Thursday. Now we know why. After yesterday's Tosfos, according to Medrash, why we read on Mondays and Thursdays. Vinizkar Shu Balkari. Then he remembered while he was laning that he's a Balkari. He doesn't walk off the bima in, in, in uh, disgust and just stop. He should finish, but he's megam game. What does megam game mean? So three possibilities. Rashi says megam game says you rush through it. You really, really read quickly. Their other opinion, Ben Yonah says you actually slur the words a little bit. And there's a third opinion that you actually never say Hashem Hashem. Okay. Now, Rabbi Meir Omer, Ein If that happened, Rabbi Meir gives a different opinion. He says the, the Balkore should stop after three psukim. Now, if we ever see this, those who are sitting here will know why he stops in the middle of the Aliyah. But it's a, it's a brotherhood. We have to keep everything quiet. We can't, we can't share with the public. But he says as long as you read three psukim, you, should, you can stop. Why? The Gemara Megillah, Mishnah Megillah, Davchav Gimel says that a minimum Aliyah is three psukim. So once you did the bare minimum, you should stop. So two possibilities. If you're laning, so if you're Midrash Manasseh and you remember your Balkari, then you actually shorten each bracha, make it more concise. If you're laning, then you actually either Magam game, one opinion is that you're, what's Magam game? Rashi says you rush through it. Another opinion says you slur the words a little bit. And the last opinion says you don't say Shem Hashem. Or the second Mandamra and the Gemara, those all were with the possibility of what Magam game means. And Rabbi Meir says you don't read more than three psukim, you would stop in the middle. Does that mean if you already read three psukim and you realize you can stop, or you, you, said you, can read, you should read three more? No, you stop. Once you read three, stop. So if you're in your fourth pasuk, you stop, finish the pasuk and you stop. If you're in your second pasuk, you read another one. Now, the Gemara continues. Now, is that, sorry, is that if you're reading for other people? Yes. You're the So how would that really work? I mean, then the other people, the, the, the call isn't... Find another someone, someone else to read. Or if they slur, like if you're slurring... Then they may call 911, so you have to be careful. 
Don't worry about it. You stop at the 3% of the yellow, yeah, anyway. Right, right. You'll see, you'll see. We'll see if someone else pick up. If someone else pick up. It's Lima Torah. 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 Exactly. It's Lima Torah. It's Lima Torah. Exactly correct. Right, you're teaching other people. But then, normally when you're teaching Gemara, there's no Indian Apsukit. But here you run to other problem. You can't get an Aliyah. It's a Brachal of Atala. Possibly if you make an Aliyah on your only... Only two psukim. Now, Tanya Idach, we also said as follows. So someone's davening and you see um, feces next to you. You should go ahead and walk, move forward at least Arba Amos as if you're throwing the soa behind you, meaning create a distance between yourself and the feces. Okay? Now, Gemara is going to say as follows. But Tanya, so you're telling me to walk forward. We have another bride says, let's start then. I can move sideways. I don't necessarily have to move in front of it and go, you know, distance myself fo- front so that the saw is behind me. It says I should move to the side. As long as I move to the side, I'm okay. The one says, Lokasha. Yeah. If there's a cliff in front of you, we're not going to tell you to walk four feet, we walk to the side. So it really which depends. Way the wind's blowing, probably. <laughs> we still don't tell you to walk off the cliff, but, but yes. But yes. So whatever you can do. So the says as follows now. What happens now if you were davening and you found in the place, in the place where you're davening, right next to you, you found soa in your middle of Shmonesrei. So let's say you finish Shmonesrei, you take your three steps back and you literally stepped into it. So you are right there, you hold, within your Dalai Ramos was, Shmones, was Tzoa. Are you Yotzei? So Rabba says, Tfilas Yeah, okay, you shouldn't have done it. But you didn't know, so your tefillah is a tefillah. The Gemara says, I don't understand, I have a problem with this. And after, after this, we can, then we can close the Gemara, because we're going to discuss an interesting case after this. No, 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 I don't mean it in a bad, I don't mean it in a bad way, I don't mean it in a bad way. That's for sure. I mean, we'll be done with the Gemara today. So, so the Gemara says as follows. Maskifle Rava, Rava asked the following question. Any sacrifice that a Russia brings is an abomination to Hashem. We have in general a thing of Baal right? It says in... Vayikra Parak Yudalif, that we are not allowed to go ahead and eat shrotsim, locusts, or, or any of these bugs. And we extend the Gemara Makos, I think we did together, Daf, uh, I think it's Daf Tezvav, I think, discusses that, um, or maybe Tezayin, I'm not sure, that discusses that in additional about the Shaktu is not only eating disgusting things, anyone who's Mashel in the cave of, anyone who withholds. He has an urge to have a bowel movement and he withholds it that you violate Baal Teshaktsu. You're not allowed to have, that's considered an abomination to Hashem and Hashem doesn't want those tefillos. We have to go ahead and relieve ourselves and then come back to Davin. A question whether that's the Doraisa, the Rabbanan, just in the Smach, that's a separate, we'll, t- we'll talk about that when we get to that Gemara a little later on. In any event, but something that's disgusting Hashem doesn't want. So Gemara Hashem says, Zevach Hashem Toeva, any sacrifice by Russia is disgusting and you're not Yotze, okay? So, meaning that in this case, then he davened in a place where he shouldn't have davened, even though he had good intentions, it should be rejected, just like a carbon is rejected from a Russia because it's considered an abomination. So, too, why, why would Rabbi say that tefillah is good? It shouldn't be. It's like so, going to the mikvah with a lizard or example. Oh, sure, it's biyado. So, Gemara says, Ela Amar Rava, Hoel Yeah, so since he sinned, Rav, Yeah, so Rava changes oh. it. Rava changes it. That was Rava, the Rava changes it. You're right. What he meant to say is that even though he davened, it's a toeva, and he's not Yotze. He's not Yotze. So if you actually were davening, and you look down, and right behind you is a big pile of dog poop, then you're not Yotze. Now, 
Tosfos says, if everyone looks at Tosfos, this is really amazing. What, how, how, what he learns from this. Tosfos says, Af Mishaspal Tfilasal Tfilah. It is the one, two, three, four, five. The bottom Tosfos. Second bottom says, Af Al It says, very Mauvas Layuchal. This comes to famous phrase. You cannot correct an error. There's no whiteout in Halacha. You messed up, you messed up. Very Perish, Rabbi Yitzchak Perish, the Yachri You have to go ahead and repeat Shimon Asrei. And the Mephorshim explained the whole difference is. Is it a place that you would have likely, had you explored, you should have looked for poo? Let's say you go to a dog park. You know, they have these dog parks. Every three feet is like another, uh, another uh, detonator, right? Yeah. These are all booby traps everywhere you walk. So if you're going to dive in, pardon you're going to... Pardon the pun. Pardon the pun, right? There's a thing in Israel. So you ever see in Israel a sake cocky? You know the bags they have? It's called sake cocky. Sake is a bag. It's an interesting name. Anyway, so let's assume... <clears throat> No, I just thought of that. Anyway, <laughs> it's a little more disturbing. Anyway, so you're in the dog park and you have poop everywhere. So there you should have had the foresight not to daven. But if you're in a place where you have no reason to suspect that there's poop, so then the Mepharshim say that, that your tefillah would count. So how far do we have to go to actually look for the unexpected? So here's the question, just very briefly. This is amazing. Rav asked the following question. I'm going to read it outside. He says, someone was doing work on their house. And they were on the second or third floor. And we have someone on our, on our, on our block built in home now. And they make a contract, Rav says, Ruven agreed to pay 100,000 shekel. With the understanding that his neighbor who lives on the first floor would allow the construction people to come park their car in this guy's driveway. And then it'd be very easy, they could just load it onto the second floor patio, let's say. All of a sudden, the first, the, and so they agree $100,000. Turns out that their neighbor, they're not in the best of terms. The neighbor says, there's no one coming onto my driveway. And as a result of that, the, the um, contractor has to hire five big uh, hunky guys to schlep everything now up the steps. On their back. And at the end, he gives the bill for an extra 10,000 shekel. So says Rav Zilberstein, Shalom Ruven, his mental self has been, he wanted to do addition to his house. He agreed on a price of 100000 And it was understood that they're going to use the, the ground floor's driveway to bring, to elevate. They have like a, one of those cranes and it's going to pick it up to the second floor. And, it's going to, and he took that into account. And that's why he only charged him 100000 Turns out now, he didn't want to do anything with it. The, the, the bottom guy um, refused. He wasn't allowing his driveway to be used. And at the end, so Reuven says, I'm not paying you. When you made this, you take into account every possibility for additional costs. And he says, I took into account expected costs, but not unexpected costs. What is the halacha? Who, who's right? Does he have to eat the 10000 or does Reuven have to pony up? So he says... There's a Gemara of brings from the Gittin, Daf, Ayin, Gemel. He says, Rapapa Huna tried to bring sesame seeds. They bought sesame seeds on the bank of the river. And they said, they, they hired people to go ahead, Agur Malachi Leverino. They hired people to transport it across the river. And the, the Gemara actually says that they, they built into the price every possible scenario that they thought of. <clears throat> and they added on, almost like an insurance policy, they added on to the bill. At the end, for some reason, a dam was built and they weren't able to get across. And now the guy says, Rav Papa says, hire donkeys to go all the way around the lake. The guy says, I'm not, I'm not eating that. So, you go ahead and, 
So they said, Rapapa, who was Rapapa, said, I poskin that you have to pay for it. And he wasn't okay. He was involved in he won the litigants. So they called him white geese, these, these uh, the merchants. That's not so offensive today, but maybe then it was. White geese. Because you guys are involved in the case and you're making the halacha. And since this was an anos that we could never, never have predicted this, we could not have predicted this, we shouldn't have to pay for it. Meaning you, the Rapapa, should have to pay for it. How does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? Shulchan Aruch Paskins that, <clears throat> and I'll tell you the connection here. Whenever we go ahead and do a uh, contract with someone, the standard, for example, if they say we can get there in an hour and they're basing on the time, and then they don't take into account traffic here to Miami, that's considered a standard obstacle. But if you have a, I don't know, a hurricane coming that's force majeure, and that, that they're not accountable for. So the Shulchan Aruch actually says a standard on us, meaning something that they should have anticipated, this is their 20th contract, they should have anticipated that it can rain some days and might extend the, the timeline, that should be counted. But if something is so far out of the norm, that's not part of the contract and the, the recipient has to pay extra. And he says, that's what he learns from this, that if you are davening in a place where there's poop, that you should expect. That's considered, you can't say, I didn't know, you have to repeat your right. But if you're standing in a shul and you didn't know that a baby was there an hour ago and there's a dirty diaper at your feet, then you, you, you would never be expected to go to that extent, to that length, to go ahead and search under every chair or inside the, the pocket of a chair is there a dirty diaper there or vomit, whatever it is. So we're supposed to do what's within the, 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 the normal confines of halacha. You, if you can do more, great, but that doesn't impact halacha. Have an amazing day. Shukran Paskins, that Shukran Paskins. That normal standard things are, are part of the contract. This was not part of the contract. They have to pay for the donkeys. And, and since normally a, another Yid should let you go in there, the fact that they didn't is not on the, on, on the, uh, on the contractor. Ruven had to pay the extra 10,000 shekel. Make sure you stay good with your neighbor. Marty, we're in good terms, right? Neighbors, we're in good terms. Okay, there you go.